This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, to start off with, uh, we have Gordon Chang. Gordon, you're the, you're the expert. What the heck is going on? Give the American people a uh, an update of what's going on with the, the balloon situation. The U.S. Navy and Coast Guard have uh, started looking for the debris field off of Myrtle Beach because the Chinese spy balloon was shot down in the afternoon on Saturday. What has emerged today is absolutely fascinating, John. Um, Air Force General Glenn Van Herc, who is commander of U.S. Northern Command and commander of NORAD, the North American Aerospace Defense Command, said that uh, they did not see the Chinese spy balloon as a threat. And so, therefore, they did not decide to um, shoot it down because it didn't uh, appear to be threatening. Now, the size of three, the size of three buses. Flying over, flying over uh, our Air Force base and our nuclear facilities? Um, this is uh, obviously the wrong decision. Um, General Van Herc said that uh, his orders were that he couldn't shoot it down. Oh, wait, wait, that's different if his, orders, if his orders were that. That's because he was working under guidelines. The American people should be questioning those guidelines. This is uh, also keys into two other things that we have learned. First of all, President Biden said that he was not briefed about the balloon until Wednesday. And this is after it entered the lower 48 states and started surveilling some of America's most sensitive sites. Also, we learned from the Pentagon that there were three Chinese balloon incursions during the Trump administration. But we have heard from John Bolton, who was Trump's uh, national security advisor, from Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, and Mark Esper, the Secretary of Defense, and from President Trump himself. All four of those figures said that they were never, never briefed about this threat. So there is a problem in the Pentagon, and there's a problem during the Pentagon in the Trump years and the Pentagon during the Biden years, not identifying and briefing political leaders about national security threats that now, of course, appear critical. Uh, uh, Rudy Washington, former deputy mayor, you had a question. How you doing, Gordon? Um, if anybody knows John Bolton, there's no way he would have allowed a balloon to float into our airspace. No way. He he, he wouldn't have tolerated. President well, Trump wouldn't have tolerated. There's a comment made later on today, uh, and Gordon Chang, I don't know if you saw the comment by General uh, Mattis. Mattis that they didn't want to tell Trump because they were afraid that Trump would start a war over it or shoot it or do something uh, provocative. drastic, provocative. Well, then I, I think, John, I th- uh, uh, Gordon has to talk to the let fact go, that— Let Gordon answer that one. Have you heard I that think one? General Mattis was wrong. Um, the American people elected Donald Trump, and it was him to make the decision. He is the commander-in-chief. And let's look at the facts. Vladimir Putin invaded Crimea. 
Um, in 2014, President Trump was not in office. And Vladimir Putin invaded the rest of Ukraine in last year. Trump was not in office. So I don't think that General Mattis had, was uh, acting properly when he decided not to brief Trump about certain things, because Trump, whether you like him or dislike him, Trump kept the peace. Well, there, was no, there was no war under President Trump. And, and more importantly, it's the obligation of the civilian authorities to run the military. Gordon used the right term of art. The president of the United States is the commander in chief. It's not for the people below him in the military to withhold vital information. And by the way, Gordon, how can they make a declaration that they looked at this situation based on guidelines they didn't see as a threat? How would they know? Yeah, um, I, I, Judge Weinberg, you are absolutely right. Um, the American people have now, I think, um, the responsibility to question the Pentagon about obviously incorrect decisions because President Biden, you know, if he was not briefed until Wednesday, um, that is a serious failure on the part of the secretary of defense and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Lloyd Austin and Mark Milley, um, in, respectively. Um, now, now, I, I think that they're I was going to say one more question is the fact that I've been told by certain military officials they had the ability to bring down the balloon and pick it up, bring it down, and find out exactly what's in it instead of blowing it sky high, and we'll never know what's in it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And also, of course, this balloon entered U.S. sovereign airspace in the Aleutians. Um, and it traveled uh, over hundreds of miles in Alaska and hundreds of more miles in Canada over uninhabited territory. So uh, clearly this thing could have – whatever one thinks about how we brought this – could bring this down – this could have been brought down well before it had the opportunity well, to surveil some of the most critical sites in America. Gordon, I know you know this, but in 2001, uh, our spy plane was outside of the international uh, boundaries. China came out, intercepted our spy plane, and hit the wings with another plane, causing it to go down in a place called Henan. And uh, uh, Secretary Powell had to go and negotiate the return of our troops because they captured eight or nine of them. Uh, there's a backstory to that that I don't have time to tell. And, and North Korea shot down uh, one of our uh, passenger jets. Yeah, and it goes back to the U-2 that was shot down by Russia. Um, no, a U-2 was never, ever shut down. Who shot it down? We had one to go down. Oh, no, no, I apologize. It was the SR-71 that was never oh, shut down. Okay. All right. Come on, catch you. Gordon, Gordon, you're on. Tell us what else. we got a minute left. What do you want to tell the American people? Uh, the American people, um, I think, are really at risk. Um, by the way, it was the North Koreans shot down an unarmed Air Force reconnaissance plane, leading to the greatest loss, single incident loss of life during the Cold War. We did nothing about that. That was during the Nixon administration. They shot down a U-2, I believe, in 1960 over right. um, Soviet territory. And um, an SR-71 has never been shot down. Never been shot. Gordon, Judge Weinberg. Gordon, at least according to the Wall Street Journal editorial today, they raised the question and they say, look, is this an undermining of the governmental authority and the Communist Party authority in China by the Chinese military? Is there a power struggle going on? This was a way to dismantle talks. Is, what do you That's think about question. that? 
and it's critical. And yes, it's a possibility that the Chinese military sent these balloons without consulting anybody else because it is so powerful. Um, it could very well be a political struggle in China over this. We know that there are political struggles over domestic policies in China. I think that the regime is fragile right now, and that means it's especially dangerous. There are a number of other theories about what went on, but the regime is increasingly opaque, so we don't know, and we won't know for quite some time, if ever. Well, uh, Gordon Chang, uh, also, you can find him on Gordon on Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang, for up-to-the-minute information. Thank you so much for everything you do for America, and God bless you. Well, thank you, John, and God bless you and your crew. I really appreciate it. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. With us today is Mike Gallagher. Uh, He's chairman of the Armed Services uh, Committee and the Intelligence Committee. We're trying to find out what the heck is going on with that Chinese balloon. Are we allowed to call it Chinese balloon? I think we are. Um... Congressman Gallagher, have you, are you beginning to figure out what the heck is going on? Uh, why, first of all, why didn't they shoot that, shoot it down under when it was over the Pacific and waited till it went to across the across the country, spying on all our air bases, and then do it later? Well, we still don't have a coherent explanation from the Pentagon. They cited their concern over debris and harming civilians. But if that's the case, you could have easily shut it down over the Aleutian Islands in Alaska. There are plenty of opportunities as it transited through Canada in partnership with our allies in Canada as well. So that explanation doesn't hold. Doesn't pass the smell smell test. test Yes, I agree. Um, I agree. Larry Kudlow uh, was on a show on Friday and his wife is from Montana. He says you can drive for three hours, not run into a human being. And furthermore, if we don't have the capability to take these out safely or disable them, corral them so we can exploit it, then that's a capability we need to develop pretty quickly. Uh, Because I suspect it's not the last time we'll see a Chinese balloon trying to spy on Americans. So it just seems like we were caught flat-footed. You know, a lot of the messaging from the Pentagon still doesn't make sense. Uh, Now there's this narrative out there that, you know, this happened multiple times with the Trump administration. But interestingly, every high-level Trump administration officials, Secretary of Defense, National Security Advisor, et cetera, have, have denied that and, and said, well, if it happened, we weren't aware of it, which that's true. That means they weren't told, which is a separate problem and a very big problem, in my opinion. So the whole thing is just, um, I think it, it, it there was should... A, there was some breaking re- news this afternoon, uh, on Monday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, and I'm, and I'm not sure you have heard this yet, but... Uh, General James Mattis said he was afraid to tell Trump because he was afraid that uh, President Trump would do something about it. Well, that does, again, that doesn't make any sense because there's no question that we have the authority to shoot down unauthorized aircraft or UAPs in our airspace. It's not, it's not even a question under international law. So, again, that doesn't pass the smell test either. Um, Or that embraces the CCP narrative that anything we do to protect our own airspace is provocative, which is total nonsense. So I I don't think that that makes any sense. And maybe that's just a little 
you know, trying to, to justify it after the fact. Um, so we have a lot of unanswered questions, but we haven't even been able to get a briefing yet from the administration on the Intelligence Committee. Uh, but this is very troubling, and, um, you know, we, we need to get to the bottom of it. Uh, and Congressman Gallagher, the other thing that people are asking about is they shot it up, or they shot it up after uh, the Atlantic Ocean, which is fine, but they shot it down instead of using our technology and grabbing it and bringing it down to find out what the heck was in it. Well, they, right now they're claiming that there's some debris they recovered. You know, that might be of some use. That remains to be seen. Again, we haven't been briefed on any of it, but um, again, and they also had this public claim that they were able to neutralize any its ability to collect intel over us while it was transiting the United States. I, again, I need to see the details on that. I, I'm a little bit skeptical. And furthermore, even if this thing was harmless from an intelligence com- collecting perspective, there's still sort of the optics and the diplomatic uh, loss that it delivers to us, as well as the, the fact that imagine in a future scenario, if something like this were weaponized. Right. If, if it had an EMP, if there were sort of kinetic weapons. And the Financial Times had a report earlier today that suggested in 2018, there was a video on Chinese social media of a balloon identical to this from which they launched you know, hypersonic weapons. So, you know, for anyone to downplay the significance of this, I just think is irresponsible um, and, uh, and doesn't make sense. Well, the, the, the balloon was completely maneuverable. Otherwise, how would they find the, the air base in uh uh, in Montana to find to, to fly over it as well as our nuclear silos. I completely agree. Um, and it can't be a coincidence, right? Whether it was first spotted in the vicinity of Malmstrom Air Force Base, I don't think it's a coincidence that it was time to coincide with, with Secretary Blinken's uh, visit. Um, though we don't have proof of that yet, that would be well within the Chinese Communist Party's playbook of attempting to humiliate us on the world stage. I mean, they did that to Blinken in their first meeting. In Alaska, they did it to Obama during the G20 and Tom Joe. So it just would not surprise me if this whole thing were intended to send a message to us while our Secretary of State was visiting. And the message is, look what we can get away with, and you won't do anything about it. You'll still come crawling back. So it tells us something fundamental about the Chinese Communist Party. What else would you like to tell you? we got a minute left. What, what, what do you want to tell the American people? you got a million people listening to you. Well, this is why we created the Select Committee on China, um, because we want, in a bipartisan fashion, to push back against threats to our security, against threats to our sovereignty, and ensure that the Chinese Communist Party can't get away with things like this. And that's what I'm sharing in this new Congress. Uh, we intended to be a serious, sober uh, effort, and um, you know, we want it to be a bipartisan effort, because I don't think pushing back against authoritarian aggression should be a Republican-only endeavor. I agree 100%. Congressman Gallagher, keep your eyes open on the Intelligence Committee and on the Armed Services Committee because we need you to tell the American people the truth, and please come back uh, whenever you'd like. You, you, have, you have an open door with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. 
Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We have one of the most decorated uh, detectives, retired detectives that we know. Yes, Mr. Kevin Schroeder, who heads the Retired Detective Association. Thank you for joining Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. Good to see everyone, and what a pleasure to be on Roundtable with John Katsimatidis. And, and retired Detective Schroeder, you, you've been known around uh, all of New York. You've done some very fine things for uh, retired detectives. Uh, and now, and now you're going to have a podcast on WABC radio, uh, and you're going to be talking about what the heck is going on in our, our city with the NYPD. And uh, you have Captain Mamet assisting you, I understand. Uh, and uh, tell us about it. Yes. Uh, Ed Mamet, Captain Ed Mamet. He's my uh, co-host on the show. And, uh, we thank you for the opportunity and basically, we're going to be talking about cases and back in the blue, and uh, it's it's from for law enforcement, from law enforcement, and now, uh, detective, my biggest concern, and I met uh, the gentleman on on Saturday, uh, and I forget his name. He was one of he, he was protecting Cardinal Dolan, uh, and uh, Sergeant uh, I can't remember his name, uh, and and we had a lot of qualified. NYPD people, and now I walk around and I see a lot of five foot two people. Can the people that are five foot two protect the citizens of the city of New York? Well, we all go through the same academy, police academy. So whether you're you know five foot five or seven foot tall, you're going to get the same training. Uh, well, well, that's a, that, 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 give me an answer. Uh, would you send your kids into the subway right now? No, right now, no. Crime is out of control in the subway as long as, as well as the homeless situation. So, one, congratulations on the uh, podcast. We Thank greatly you. look forward to it because you're providing an insider's point of view that very few people can illustrate. And thank you again for being here on Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis. I want you to tell me how bad is it out there these days for police officers, for detectives, because they have an impossible job each and every day. And I want to know, I mean, I understand this politics to the left, but how much are they openly being disrespected? Well, unfortunately, they're being disrespected every day. However, there is many, many folks out there in these communities, as well as the subway, who do support the police. Many more, you don't read about it or hear about it, but there's many, many folks in these communities that do want the police in their neighborhood and do support the police. And that's wonderful to hear. Okay. Judge Weinberg. Detective Shore and I are, are old friends. We were next door neighbors when he was a top guy at uh, Midtown North, and I was running the uh, community court. Detective, you and I know a different day. We used to go after quality of life crime. We protected the people. The police were able to go out there and get the guns off the street. They kept the gangs in check. We seem to have lost control, and I see that as a political decision by the elected officials the state legislature, the city council, they're hampering the police. And how can we get them to see the light that if you don't have law and order, you have no civilization, you have no city? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. You have many, many folks now leaving New York City, leaving New York State due to the fact of crime. So I think it's pretty obvious. Um, it's in the papers every day. Our crime is out of control. 
uh, here in NYPD, they do a great job. They're doing a fantastic job. Um, they just need to support more support from the people. But also, as we know, the jail reform. I mean, jail. Uh, Thank you. Bail reform. Thank you. Uh, that's the problem here, basically. Now, I'm going to ask you a, a, a quasi-political question, which I shouldn't do. Because uh, uh, Mayor Adams, ex-NYPD, I've, I've been a supporter of him. Dominic, you've been a supporter of him. How do the police officers feel out there in the streets? Do they feel that Eric Adams has their back? I believe I believe the average police officer believes that Eric Adams does have their back. He's one of us. He was a cop, and now he's a politician, but he remembers where he came from, and he knows what needs to be done to clean That's up the streets. Very nice. Very nice. And, and I understand Commissioner Sewell, uh, that uh, she has the NYPD's back because— the the people have uh, that issued like seventy six or eighty four complaints. She dismissed most of them. Is that true? I believe that's true. And yes, she's doing a great job as well. And by the way, Commissioner Sewell will be the guest speaker tomorrow at tomorrow's lunch at the Broadway Association. She really has taken charge. She has a lot of confidence of I'm told by the uh, the people in the in the force. The judges think she's trying to do the right job. The prosecutors think she's trying to do the right job. So we're lucky to have her as our commissioner. And I think Mayor Adams is, uh, believes that she's doing the right job. Anybody else, any comments? We're going to have to take a break soon. Uh, Rudy Washington, you were there. You were you were deputy mayor under Rudy Giuliani. What say you? Well, um, I'm waiting to hear this podcast. You know, the judge right. didn't let me know that this was going to happen. I know Captain Mamet, so uh, I'm looking forward to okay, it. Okay, how do you how do people listen to podcasts? You go to wabcradio.com. Yes, go to wabcradio.com and click on the link. And what's the we, name of the podcast? Cop Talk. Cop Talk. Cop Talk. C O P T C O P Talk. Talk exactly. And, and not to confuse you with Bo Deedle. What's the, you know he has a different one. <laughs> exactly. He has a he's in a he has his own. Yes. <laughs> Bo's uh, two, different, own two, world. two different two different two different two different two different podcasts. Detective Kevin Schroeder, thank you so much thank for you. what you did for our city and continue to do for our city. And Captain Mamet, thank you. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Right now, we are joined by Mr. Jimmy Petraeus, who is the Chief uh, Executive Officer. Chief Financial Officer. Chief Financial Officer. Thank you. Petraeus is a general. That's right. That's right. Petraeus. Petronas is the general. We're not going to call you General Petronas. <laughs> well, anyway, he is the uh, he is the uh, the chief. Financial, financial Greek, officer. Greek, Greek names for him is very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and, like and, 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 and he serves the state of Florida. He's a big deal. Mr. Katsimatidis, go right ahead. Well, let's go. Judge Weinberg wanted to ask us for All a right. question. Welcome back to Cast and Knight, uh, Mr. Petronas. Yes, sir. So this, this is my concern. I see you're on top of the issue. The SECs try to float this program to give insulation for bad investments in ESG companies and saying that an obligation is no longer to do the best investment and protect the, the investments in the pension funds, in the money markets, and everything else. And Florida and 21 other states are fighting back, and you're leading the charge with the governor in Florida. Can you tell us what ESG is and why this is so important? Sure. So ESG is environmental social governance. Uh, to me, it's, it's, it's anti-American. It's anti-freedom ideology. 
and it's disguising itself as a sophisticated business practice. Now, and you've, you've got those out there, the, the Larry Finks of the world, who've been a major proponent of ESG, you know, and, I, and look, I believe he's on a campaign to change the world. He sent an open letter out to all these CEOs that, that do business with him. And so, look, he's, he's championing stakeholder capitalism, and he believes that capitalism has the power to shape society. And look, I, I, I'm fine with him, but go do it with your own money. Go run for office. Go put your name on the ballot, but you're not going to be doing it with the state of Florida's tax dollars. Now, to, to further explain it to the American people, ESG, what they're doing is the SEC has given permission for, for promoters of hedge funds to go out and tell uh, people that don't understand the word ESG, that don't understand what it means to take their money, their hard-earned money, and invest it in ESG, their 401k plans, and their, and their municipal bonds, and their, I mean, yeah. mean uh, mutual funds. Mutual funds, and invest it in ESG. That means you're investing in solar energy, and you're investing in windmills and wind wind power. Now, in in America, if you think that Solar energy and wind powers is a way of the future. You could lose your money on your own, but 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 these people should not take poor people's money or uneducated people's money or pension funds or pension funds and put the money into those things. Is that what you're saying, Jimmy Petronas? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Look, major banking institutions and these economists are predicting a recession. I think we're already in it. But as the Fed, the Fed continues to increase rates to combat inflation crisis, we need partners in the financial service industries that are committed to the bottom line. And ESG is not committed to the bottom line. It is committed to an ideology. It is committed to creating you know, an environment that does not currently exist in the United States. And at the end of the day, it is not in the best interest for return on investments and is not in the best interest for the middle class Americans who are struggling from paycheck to paycheck to make ends meet. I agree with you, and it doesn't, you know, you got to make certain disclosures like they do to more sophisticated investors that you could lose all your money on this. How did Solyndra do? I'm, I'm sorry. So remember Solyndra, President Obama going to the factory saying how wonderful oh, the yeah, solar Solyndra. power, oh, and yeah. they lost all their money. Yeah, $500 million. Dollars. Dollars. They, they, they sent them. You know, so this year, we're, we're actually, the leg legislation we're doing in Florida is we're going to create greater transparency in solar. Look, I think I think it's great. If you've got the money to invest in solar, more power to you. But they, they sell, a, um, sell these folks a bill of goods. They install solar. And then just like that, the contractors are gone. You got no recourse. And they're they're taking advantage of people because of a federal tax credit. So I mean, uh, it's and the I SEC, the, the SEC is telling telling these hedge funds and telling these people that you don't have to worry about being sued because you have the right to do that, which is a lot of crap. It, it is. It is, Mr. John. You're a hundred percent right, and that's. But again, I, I, I digress. We're on the same page. But you know, I'm going to be in New York in about two weeks. I told I told Matt. I said if if Mr. John's available, I'd you're love welcome to come to, come to the studio and and get it off your chest. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd I'd love to. But but the same, I'm, I'm meeting with our investment teams up there. I want to hear it from their mouths to my ears 
what they're doing with the taxpayers, Florida, uh, the Florida's taxpayers' dollars. We stand by your side because we want what's right for America. Thank you so much, uh, Jimmy Patronus. Getting, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing you when you're in New York. God bless you and God bless America. And uh, All right, brother, thank, thank you. you, sir. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Right now, Mr. Katsimatidis, it is Mr. Gretsch. And Mr. Gretsch is also a member of the Police Athletic League and we're in, in and uh, a board member, and uh, he worries about the kids in, in the inner city. And, you know, it goes back to worrying about the kids of inner city uh, with these migrants coming in, uh, and Bill O'Reilly's going to talk about it. For whom do the bells toll? Should we take care of the American poor people first and then the migrants second? Or, or we're putting the migrants into luxury hotels and, and, pardon my language, screwing the poor people of our American citizens in our country. Uh, Tom Gretsch, tell us about the Queen's Chamber of Commerce. Hello, John, and thanks so much for the nice warm welcome. It's an honor, truly an honor of a lifetime to serve with the folks uh, for the New York City Police Athletic League. So thanks for that shout-out. A lot of good things going on there. But as far as the economy goes in Queens, we're on a roll here. Um, thankfully, we've got some great people in place that are doing private financing. We've got a, uh, a stadium coming for the uh, NYCFC soccer team. They're going to build that thing on their own without any city, state, or federal dollars. 2,500 affordable homes coming to Willits Point, uh, over $6 billion of investment, and 16,000 union jobs. So we're very excited about that. At last count, we've got about $20 billion of investing. There's 62 counties in the great state of New York. We think ours is primed and doing some great stuff, not to mention the fact that we're the most diverse place on earth. We've got Innovation Q&S popping up in Astoria, and I've been part of a number of visioning sessions being held by the New York Mets on how to think about what should happen on the 50 acres of asphalt over behind City Field. So it's a very There's a lot of rumors. There's rumors about a casino. There's rumors about a soccer field. Uh, can you uh, give anything, any, any, uh, your gut feeling, or only your opinion? Well, thanks. John. I think the, the soccer, the soccer stadium is a done deal. That's going to be a twenty-five thousand seat stadium behind City Field by Willets Point. There's going to be the housing over there. Any talk about a about a casino? I'm not in the know on that, but I will tell you this: at all the visioning sessions I've gone to, the Queen's Chamber hosted one at the behest of the Mets. I've gone to two other ones. I compare this to the Amazon deal. Amazon came to us, and there was a deal already in place. It was a wonderful deal, but it was a top-down approach, which kind of turned some people off. The antithesis of that has been the way that the Mets organization and their friends and partners are doing the visioning. I go to these events, and I see pastors. I see, I see small business owners. I see bodega owners. I see people from the community. They're offering what they think ought to be 
on those 50 acres of asphalt. And by the way, I know it's designated as parkland, and I know it'll take an act of uh, the legislature to change that, but it's 50 acres of asphalt at the end of the day. And I think between uh, Alex, uh, Alex Cohen and, uh, and her husband Steve, the ownership, they really do care about what's going to go on there. They're building a world-class team with a great payroll. They're putting the rest of Major League Baseball to shame. But end of the day, that area is booming. I would also suggest I want a convention center there. The Javits Center is great. It's giant. We need something in the 300 to 400,000 square foot range over there to really make that whole entire Willits Point area. Wow. Maybe you could make a combination convention center. If I was mayor, I would say make a combination convention center and casino and service everybody. Well, listen, John, I've, I've gotten pretty good at spending other people's money or giving ideas. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think it's time. I think it's ripe. Javits is wonderful, but it's too big for the small ones. Yes. 300 to 400,000 square feet right over there with the transit. The only Thank thing going to be missing that we're really pushing on is a rail link. A rail link to LaGuardia. Which is gorgeous. I think we know how to do that. Maybe it should be maybe it should be a monorail, which is easier to build. Thank thank you so much, Tom Gregson. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Folks, you know who the guest is right now. He is a journalist, an author, a television and radio host here on WABC, Common Sense, 9 to 10 p.m. He is one of the best authors in the world, and I say that on the serious side. I'm talking about Bill O'Reilly and his 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 uh, books, The Killing Series, 19 million books sold. Think about that for a second. His new book, Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorists, Killing the Killers. And it is a great book, Mr. Katsimatidis, and, and Bill O'Reilly, thank you for joining John Katsimatidis' show. And Bill hey, O'Reilly. how are you guys doing today? Well, we're doing good. We're waiting to hear what's important. You know, we, we, we want you on to find out what's important because what's, in, what's important, you, pretty get it, you get it pretty right. Well, I've been listening to the hour. I mean, you guys have a, a pretty good beat on it. I caught my attention that uh, Mayor Adams spent the night, the coldest night of the year, in a um, shelter that uh, was working with the undocumented migrants. I thought that was a good thing. Um, you know, people are cynical about politicians these days. And, uh, yeah, it could have been calculated to get good publicity for the mayor, but that's all right. Uh, because the message is sent out that our public servants um, should be concerned about the poor and the defenseless. And, of course, undocumented migrants fit into both of those categories. Um, but the fascinating uh, problem for Adams is that the problems and the reason that he had to sleep on a cot have been caused by his own party, which he refuses to challenge. So there is where Adams has all kinds of problems because he's a Democrat. He embraces the machine in New York and the machine in New York is causing is making poverty worse, crime worse. You name it. Uh, editorial in a um, New York Post uh, on Sunday, I believe, about how many African-Americans have left the city. Um, and. You know, there's going to come a time where the Democrats are going to have to rebel against the progressive wing of their party or they're all going to go down in flames. 
Well, that's one of the problems, Bill O'Reilly, is the common sense Democrats, and we know a lot of them, but the one, the common sense Democrats in Albany don't have, well, what's the nicest way to courage. say Courage. I was going to say testicles. Uh, but they don't have the courage. And I agree with you. Uh, to, to stand up against uh, uh, the extreme uh, left wing of the party? There's no doubt about it. Um, and the same can be said for Republicans as well when you get into certain issues. Um, the advantage that Republicans have is that, that they're not actively undermining public safety. And the progressives are. So the reason that people are fleeing the city, and this is going to really come back to bite uh, Kathy Hochul and her crew in Albany and Adams, is that they don't feel safe and that they don't feel that they can get ahead economically with the, oh, you know, the taxation here is so intense. You saw the budget that Hochul put out. I mean, you can't spend that kind of money and expect the hardworking people to support it. You just can't. But she doesn't care. It's money, money, and Biden does the same thing. Every problem, oh, money, we'll throw more money at it. Hey, we don't have any more money. People are up to their eyebrows. They can't pay you anymore. You know what one of the biggest scams is out here on Long Island? Is these traffic cameras. (laughs) I mean, this is just theft. Yes. They put these cameras and up, and if you skid or something like that, the road is icy or the yellow light doesn't, you know, all of that, it's 150 bucks. That's theft. Everybody knows what they're doing to get money from the people. You're bleeding us white in New York State. Bill O'Reilly, you're 100% right, and uh, the fact is— Four hundred eighty-four thousand uh, middle-class New Yorkers have left New York City, New York State, in the last twenty-four months. At, at what point do we reach the uh, the blow-up uh, basis? Where, at what point do you short? Do you short the municipal bonds? I hate to say that in live tele radio. John, John, and uh, Bill is right. Within the black community, we're down nine percent. Uh, we used to be somewhere around 29% of the city, uh, close, close to 30. It's down to about 21, 22% right now. And the Asian population is up to 17 and a half. And that is the base of the Democratic Party. Uh, it has been. Uh, and you can guess at who the 9% that has fled the city, who they are. You know, that's basically a middle class um, concerned about all the things that Mr. O'Reilly just laid out, taxes and crime. Um, you know, and it's going to be too late when the Democrats wake up uh, because the new people, the new immigrants, are attract, they're trending Republican. They understand, uh, you know, what socialism is. Some of them are coming from these socialist governments. Right, so they're trending Republican. You know, it's, Bill, I'll tell you what I just read today. It's Richard Weinberg. It's very troubling. There was a resolution in the House of Representatives uh, condemning socialism and communism and 82 Democrats in the House of Representatives voted against it. So that means... Yeah, well, that's the squad, and that's the Bernie Sanders cadre. Yeah, what, what Americans don't understand, I wrote a column, it's on BillOReilly.com, and I, and I really urge everybody listening to us right now to read this column. 
and it's about freedom. You heard the song written by Chris Kostopoulos and Janis Joplin made it a hit. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Remember that? Yes. That's not true. Um, Freedom is when you have options. And in order to get options, you have to have money. And if the government is taking so much of your money that you cannot save any, you're living paycheck to paycheck, or you're in debt. Your credit card bill is char- charging you 18%, okay? You don't, you're not free. You got to do what the boss man tells you to do. And the boss man is the government, isn't it? You have that job. You can't travel. You can't send your kids to private school. You've got no options. You're not free. And this is what socialism and communism is. Everybody works for the state, not for yourself. And it's taken hold here in America. And you know what, Bill O'Reilly, Dominic Carter speaking with you right now, Cats at Night, the John Katsimatidi Show. It does seem that we're moving more and more to the degree that you just described. There are very few journalists uh, that I pay attention to, and you're one of them. You're, as a matter of fact, you're at the top of the list because I know that when you say something that's based on research you have done, and I know that you are factual and you can take it to the bank. That's that's the bottom line. So I want to return to to where you started, Bill. You meaning tonight? You mentioned a, a, a Mayor Adams going to spend the night with the migrants, but could it perhaps have been a better message to spend the night with American veterans or American uh, homeless people? Yeah, I think he can do both. But you know, look, I'm a Christian, I'm a Roman Catholic, and my faith, and I believe in it, dictates that you help the poorest people. And right now, the migrants fall into that category. You don't encourage them to come here. You don't let them come here illegally. That's not what you do. You render to Caesar. The law says you have to apply for citizenship or asylum in a certain way. Biden has disobeyed immigration law. The president of the United States, disobey. But that doesn't mean that individuals like Mayor Adams can't be compassionate and draw attention to the human toll of this horrible, permissive, the law doesn't matter anymore. You want to punch a 90-year-old guy in the face? We'll let you right out without any bail. How barbaric is that? And that's what I'm trying to get across to everybody. This progressive movement is so destructive on so many levels that New Yorkers are going to have to wake up or you're going to find yourself in Venezuela in 10 years. It could happen. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, Governor Patterson made worldwide news on my Sunday show by saying this asylum uh, situation is out of control. And it's become a real scam because it doesn't. Uh, you know, the word asylum does not fit with this situation. That's right. And there are ways that you get, you know, the law says you have to go to a port of entry to apply. You can't sneak across the Rio Grande and tell the Border Patrol agent you want asylum in the middle of the desert. 
Bill O'Reilly, thank you so much. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.